Last week on Axe's Armor and Amulets podcast, the party has returned to Nightstone with the survivors and found another harbor. Can Morak provide guidance or assistance to our heroes whose adventure could already be coming to an end? Join our table for episode 13, Cloudy Connections. mistake today and I didn't uh, didn't think about it until I was you know halfway done with my second sandwich Oops. but I had a peanut butter and honey sandwich while I was waiting for my computer to turn back on oh no and so now you know my mouth is all <laughs> nice <laughs> don't worry about it I had a bunch of nerds so so you're just gonna you're just gonna sound like you've got a, a mouthful of dick all night. Wow, I'm so glad I hit stop recording for that or start recording for that. <laughs> oh God! You know, oh, one had gosh. to slip through. I guess maybe. You know, you know. But editing, editing's a thing. Oh no! Oh no! Dick jokes will remain in the podcast because <laughs> dick jokes are funny. Dick jokes sell podcasts. Sometimes. Sometimes. So do fart jokes. Just saying. All right, Shake. Fire that thing up. I made you some... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I made vegetable soup for lunch today. I said fart jokes, not funny. actual farting on the podcast. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. How old are we? Don't worry. I can, 12. I can, yeah. I can send it to you in a wave file. <laughs> in a wave file. That could just be like... <laughs> When everybody misses, it's just an audio file of Shake farting that plays over everything. <laughs> and, uh, uh, am I too old to, <laughs> to mention the, the wave file? Isn't it like something else now? It's. I mean, they're MP3 wave files, so you know it's you're you're pretty right on. Oh no! Could you just imagine every like? Uh, DM, I rolled an eleven. <laughs> 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 And forgive me, I am, I am also sick, so there will be a lot more coughing on this episode today. So I apologize for that. Just like last episode, we had, we have, and had a lot of information that needs to be given today. So we're gonna cut the banter, and we're going to jump right in. But before we go back to our party, who has returned successfully to Nightstone with the survivors of not only the attack of what appears to be this flying cloud fortress, but also those that survived their journey and during their time to the Goblin Cave. We need to take a step back a little bit, where we hear Morak tell the four party members, Emma, Pansy, Og, and Kalti, welcome to the Harpers, is what Morak said. The camera Kalti. darkens, and we find ourselves in a beautiful grove. It's late in the evening, and we see furry creatures of all assortment, wolves and rabbits and deer and 
birds sitting on the trees, you know, with the, the, the chirping and singing of birds as the sun has now set. And the day's activities begin to unwind. And we hear the beautiful strumming of a lute. Our camera moves into a collection of rocks that have been sent almost purposefully set. And we see a woman playing a lute and a little green goblin Baby sitting sitting at her feet. A much younger Calty. Calty looks at his mother with wonder having been filled with her stories for his entire life her travels and adventuring and the courts that she has played music for and as she strums she then says something that's not quite audible and hands the lute to Calty who then begins to play not quite as well but obviously he has the makings of an instrumentist he returns the same chords in order and as he goes to give the loop back Kayla puts her hand out and pushes the loop back towards him and says no that one's for you and she pulls from behind the rock a new lute. And she says, for your 14th birthday, that lute is now yours. And Calty jumps up and hugs her. Tears already streaming down his face because he knows that she is leaving again. The adoration that he has for both of them mothers is obvious, but he has taken a particular fondness to Kate, his human mother. He sits back down and grabs the lute and says to her, I wish to travel like you do. Kayla laughs and she says, the joy and adventuring of being a bard are fine things and I hope you have much of them. But they are wasted without higher purpose, Kelty. And she begins to gather her things. Karoa comes over and bids farewell to her wife and as Kayla gets ready to leave again, she looks back to Kelty and says, When you begin your adventure, Go to Nightstone with discretion, and if our roads are destined to cross again, you will find me with those who hear and see, but are not seen. And as she pulls her pack up on her shoulder, we catch a slight glimmering of a very simple silver ring. Yay. And our camera is brought back to Nightstone. Kalti looks at Morak. Kalti, what are you thinking looking at Morak? What are you having that memory play through your mind? 
and hearing Morak. What goes through your mind right there? Just your mind. Not what you say, but just what's going through your head. Uh, the first thing that would go through his head that goes through his head is a little bit of nervousness. A little bit of like this is this is a this is what I came here for. But then he steal he steals his mind in determination. And so the first thing he would think is, Oh my gosh, this is what I came, what I came here for. And then it would be this is what I came here for. And he's and he's, in his mind he would smile. A determined, a determined smile. And and according to your background, like that birthday was the last birthday you saw your mom, Kayla. Correct. So, I mean, uh, how old is Calty now? Eighteen. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I believe I made him. I gotta look at the description. But see, goblins turn become adults at eight. So, I, I think I'm... You know what? I think it is, it is 18. My bad. Okay. Yeah, so you haven't seen your mom, Kayla, in, in four years, which is unusual for her. Uh, yes. So, this, is, this has got to be an exciting moment. Not only are you, are you chasing what, the life that you've wanted, but now like you have, you have found the first stepping stone to possibly finding... Or finding what happened to your mother. Yeah. Oh no, I don't like the way you said that. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay. <clears throat> Alright, well before we continue with those four members of the party, we have a lost party member who's about to deliver terrible, terrible news to a lady in waiting. Rhea. Daphne, after Lady Daphne, after having prepared herself to return to the side of her lady, now comes out of her room where you have been patiently waiting as she freshens up. Ah, I see. You are ready now, Lady Daphne? Yes, I am. I needed not only time to freshen up, but to collect myself and... I am now ready to return to the side of my lady. Before you go to the side of your lady, there's several things you need to know. The first and most important thing is that Lady Belrosa Nander is dead. The look in her eyes is shock and devastation. There's no sugar coat in that. Well, you gotta rip it off like a band-aid. That's just how it be. Yep. Do you sugarcoat that? I mean, I don't know. When When my party If if you rapid. have if you, the minute you start speaking again, she just immediately starts bawling and runs back to her bedroom. She's broken. I I sit outside her door and wait for her to come out. Oh. Because I'm assuming she closed the door. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I feel like you're going to be there for a while. Yeah. Uh, I guess we're going to go back to the other side of the party because uh, for the book, Lady Daphne, upon hearing the devastating news, does not leave her room for 
two days. No, for death notifications, <coughs> you have to rip the band-aid off. It, you can't be like, oh, she's passed, because they'll be like, or she's gone. They'll be like, where is she? Because they can't, people can't handle that kind of stuff sometimes. You gotta rip that band-aid off. Uh, I love how Ray is trying to be gentle. <laughs> Raya, I just need you to get back to the rest of the party. Okay. Raya will head back to the party then. I just love how dedicated yo. Raya is to like delivering the bad news. Like, like all yo, of the your bad boss news. Is dead. The, the boss is dead, <laughs> the town's in ruins, and since you're not ready to hear the second part, I'll just wait. Oh goodness. Uh yeah. Yeah, she she's inconsolable. She's not coming out anytime soon. Like, you know it would be a waste to just sit there outside her door. Like there are there are more important things that need attending to. I leave and I head back to the tavern okay. where I assume everyone is. Yes. And that is a that is a very good assumption. Um you arrive back to the tavern just as Morak has finished telling the rest of the party, um you know. Welcome to the Harpers. Um, as you arrive back into the tavern, Morak looks to you, looks towards Pansy and Kalti, who are the primary two he has been talking to, and he says, <clears throat> allow, allow me a, a, a day or so to get uh, my, my business and, and livelihood back kind of on its feet, and then I will uh, help, well, you will help me search through Olgar's, uh, Dar Darthag's personal effects at the Lioncaster's trading post, and we will, uh, make a decision of what information needs to go where. And I will tell you the information you will need to know after that. Does that sound like a deal? Yeah. That sounds agreeable. Now, for everybody else here, I told um, Callum and name I always keep forgetting begins with a T. Torum. Torum. That we would help them with the guard patrols. So. Wonderful. Um, I have not been upstairs yet to check what the state of my rooms are in, but if there is a room available upstairs that has not been damaged, you are welcome to use it for your time here in Nightstone. It is the least we could do for you saving us. One of them definitely needs the bed sheets cleaned. Uh, I, we did get rid of the goblins, right? Yes. Pretty sure we took care of the dead goblins. Okay. Yeah, you guys, uh, after you had fought the uh, the Snake Seven, you yeah, guys cleaned up a little bit. Okay. You cleaned up, you know, <laughs> threw all the goblins into the moat mm -hmm. and, and all that stuff. There may or may not be a bugbear-sized hole in a window upstairs. 
<laughs> no, he might have climbed through the hole the boulder went through. You, you know. Uh, yeah. It, one. But uh, the sheets definitely need washing. One adventure at a time. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you guys? Um, do you guys uh, go get some sleep? Help do some rotations with with the guards. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And also, like you know, Emma will lend her strength okay. as necessary if needed. Who knows? Healthy with help with help. the guards. Okay. I think uh, Og Ogwood too, um, being an, an archer and all, like up on the walls and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what? What watch do you guys decide to do? Like. We'll just do three watches for for this party. Um, what watches do you Pan- guys do? Pansy's a late night kind of girl. She'll take last Emma. Shift. Emma likes Dawn. Calvin will take whatever shift is in between those two. So that's Pansy first, Calty two, Emma three. Yep. Sure. Okay. Yep. All right. So Pansy, as you go as you go out there. Um, you know, Torum and, Ke- and Kellen are still, you know, on patrol, still working. Um, and Torum, you know, as you approach, Torum looks to you and just says, uh, <clears throat> All right, Pansy, we appreciate you coming to help us. Um, most of the other guards are now trying to get some sleep. There weren't very many survivors, but of the, uh, of the ten that were in the city when the boulders started dropping only seven remained with the rest of the villages so we're we're a little short crew so we appreciate your help anytime <clears throat> and uh you know as as you pull up you know to to start helping out two other guards also show up and they're you know, look like they have not got much rest, but they know that the city needs to be defended, particularly after what has taken place. So, one of them posts up at the watch post, and another one walks the walls with you for your shift. You also notice that even though when you first met Torum those days ago, who said that him and the four that were with him, Kalen uh Sidiri and I don't remember the other one's name. It doesn't matter. They're dead. Um he told you that all of them were relatively fresh and never been put in a leadership position before. You notice that the guards that have come to replace them are deferring to Torum now. They've moved up. So but you go through your patrol, and it, the only thing that you notice is that the city once again seems more alive. There are lights on in houses. You hear the you know the blacksmith who should be resting. You hear them you know hammering away, most likely at trying to furbish. You know, nails and hinges and other things to help repair the damage that has been done. Mm-hmm. 
And that goes the same for Calty and Emma. Is the town, thanks to your efforts, is alive again and also free from the grasp of the Zentarum. The following morning, as you guys get up and the bustling of the town is even more evident, where people are headed out to different, you know, uh, there are people on top of houses starting to repair damage. There are people planning and organizing a trip to, you know, uh, uh, the nearby woods to go get more lumber to help repair things, to repair bridges. Um, the, there, are, there are things to be done, and there are jobs to be had. You can continue to help the guards defend the city. You can help defend these um, um, trips out to the, the forests to get more lumber. You could go help actually chop down trees. You could help rebuild homes. You could help clean things. Does anyone have a preference on where they want to go and what they want to do to help? Uh, Pansy would definitely um, help guard the the people going out to the forest to collect lumber to rebuild the town. Mm-hmm. As she feels very at home in the forest. I think Kelsey would go with her on that. Okay. I think uh, Emma would like to help rebuild. Um, she's more used to city life at this point in time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rhea would like to go on patrol with the guards. Okay. What about you, Og? I think, I think Og would go um, out to the forest. Okay. Chop down trees. Probably chop the trees and stuff down because like, he has some big burly arms so they carry a bunch of logs and stuff. <laughs> okay. As you guys go about your various tasks throughout the city, you know, you guys are, you know, seeing each other now and then, kind of giving each other the head nod, all of that thing. You're also noticing that these villagers of Nightstone look to you guys with a certain level of reverence. Like, you you guys have saved not only the villagers of Nightstone, but Nightstone itself. And there is almost a level of awe that these people, you know, are are portraying to you as you go about these tasks of now working with them to rebuild this city. And everyone Building is... Legend. And everyone is incredibly friendly and thankful, but no one is like, groveling at your feet. You, you know what I'm saying? They're not so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think of like... Have you guys all seen the Avengers? The first Avengers? No. Of course yes. I have. It's, it's yeah. almost... Everyone is treating you guys like you're Thor or Captain America and they're Agent Coulson. I gotcha. Like, very much looking up to you, very much like not trying to be weird about it but sometimes almost being a little weird about it. (laughs) Well, let's just say it is really weird to Emma because nobody's ever looked at her like that. 
like, I'm just helping. So. <laughs> I'll do a bit more used to the spotlight, so he's doing more. Someone's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with this. I'm just going to keep help building. Og <laughs> is not used to um, people being kind to him, so he's probably kind of like a little confused. Uh, okay. <laughs> so you Can guys. Keep... Oh, go ahead. I would say Pansy would just keep uh, her her nose down and keep doing what she's doing. Yeah, this yeah is, that's kind of what Emma's doing. I was going to say, particular, mm-hmm. particularly for Pansy, this is probably weird. Like, you have been trained your entire life to not be noticed, but do the, the right thing. Uh-huh. Like, how how is this kind of playing with you? Because... You were always told that doing the right thing and keeping your nose down, like, doing the right thing and keeping your nose down would keep you out of the spotlight. But yet, mm-hmm. saving all of these people, which felt good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it was has, the right thing to do. But it has thrust you into center stage. That's why she's going to the woods to help... Uh stand there with her bow and watch people chop down trees because if she's watching them they're not watching her <laughs> so how how are you how are you feeling I mean pansy has had a very rough three days the the amount of um, excuse my language the amount of fuckery <laughs> that you've realized has happened in your life <laughs> has been rather extensive so how's pansy feeling right now like what's going through her head? Uh, she is really confused, you know, still, because, you know, it seems like the this group of Harpers is more what she was trained to be a part of than the, the people that her father, the Zentarum, um, that he sent her to, to meet. And so she's still trying to wrap her head around because... She doesn't really trust anybody at this point, but she knows good when she sees it. As you guys spend the entire day doing these activities, you know, these uh, these repairs and helping the villagers do all of these things, who stayed on patrol in town? I think Rhea did. Okay, Rhea. You get to add a plus one to either your con or your wisdom, as in a permanent stat boost. Ooh, this is new. Rhea is going Uh, to add that to her con. Emma, you stayed to help build, you know, rebuild uh, foundation, you know, houses and stuff, right? Yep. You get to add a plus one to either your strength or your con. Ooh, man, they're tied. (laughs) Uh, Let's, let's see. Con gives more hit points. Strength makes it easier to hit things. Thanks. My ghost for strength. Uh, who went to chop trees? Was that, was that uh, Og? Yep. 
It was Og, Pan, uh, Pansy, and Kelty. Well, did you guys go to chop Pansy. trees, or did you go to protect those who were chopping trees? Pansy is guarding. So is Kelty. Okay. Og, for chopping down trees, you get to either add two to your strength, or you get... Oh, I'm sorry. I looked at this wrong. Uh, uh, one to your strength or one to your dex. I'll take dex. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> For those that stood watch outside or uh, while those that were chopping down trees, you get to add one to your dex or one to your wisdom. That's a hard decision. <laughs> Sorry, Kelty. I know neither of those help your your main attribute. Well, dexterity though is pretty dang good for me. Dexterity so. is good for most people. Yeah. I will be adding it to my dex. I'll be adding it to my dex as well. Okay. When all of you return back to the tavern at the end of the day, your bodies are exhausted. It was an exhausting day of work. However. You, at this point, you guys feel like a welcomed member of this community, of this town. You guys come back to the tavern, and Morak has got a couple people back in the back of the kitchen of the tavern, helping him as he once again cooks food for the entirety of the town to come and relax, get some food. You know, for the first time... It really seems like people here are enjoying life. You're kind of starting to see a little bit of that Nightstone hospitality that might have been what drew some of you to Nightstone in the first place. There is, you know, laughter, there is talking, there is no music yet, but I have a feeling someone in this party can change that. Guilty, guilty. <clears throat> I will definitely be doing that. And performance is one of those ones that I believe I have a special added bonus to. No, it's not. Dang it. I have changed that soon. Next time I get a... I'll take a 23, though. I'm happy with a 23. Uh... Let's just say that there were tiers of what takes place, depending on how high you roll. And you rolled very, very good. You were two away from the top tier, however. But amazing things, you know, well, not amazing, but great things still happen with the 23. So as everyone, you know, you're kind of hearing the laughter, the talking, people are kind of, you know, starting to come together. You're feeling the, 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 the hustle and the hospitality of Nightstone. Kalti pulls out his lute and begins to play a little music. Maybe he's singing or humming a song or, or something. And this little tavern turns from just a dinner and relaxation to almost a celebration of life. As people begin to dance and sing and, you know, it start drinking it becomes a full-blown party. 
Are you guys joining in the festivities, and is anyone getting totally sloshed? <clears throat> no. Uh, Pansy would definitely not. She's too much of a goody two-shoes to do that. So she would enjoy the music, but still keep her wits about her. Kelty would drink just enough to improve his performance, but not enough to hinder it. So, definitely not sloshed. So, no one getting sloshed? Yeah. I think that no. I think that Ock would um, keep his wits about him, and that when people are enjoying themselves and having a good time, they let their guard down. So he's kind of like eyeballing. Okay. Always the pragmatist. <laughs> As the evening hours wane and get later and later, the people of the town begin to filter out headed back home until it's just the five of you, Morak, and those that are helping him clean up afterwards. And Morak looks to the five of you, and he kind of nods towards the back of the tavern. Morak nonchalantly mosey on back that way. As you guys start to head that way, you hear Morak say to the help he has in his tavern. All right, appreciate your help, but it's time for y'all, uh, a lot of you to go home. We've had a busy day, and I appreciate all your help. Go get some rest. I can get it from here. And you start to hear them funneling out as you guys are headed to the back of the tavern. Until you hear the door shut for a final time. And the whistling of a dwarf as he walks back towards you guys. And so he leads you out the back of the tavern towards the trading post where you guys battled the goblin with the big sack. Emma got hit oh with gosh. a door. That og through, yep, yep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that door uh, had a mind of its own and just decided to run away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, sure, og. So you guys head back to the infamous trade post. Morak. Some tables are down, some tables are up, because, like, Pansy was was putting things back, and Og was... Knocking things over. The door, not only is it... One of the doors has been ripped off his hinges as it's sitting on top of the bar. It's just a mess in there. So, as you guys, you know, going through the, the trade post looking at some things um, Morak pulls a key out from like it's around a necklace and he pulls it out of his you know out of his tunic unlocks the back door to the trade post like going to what would be the living space of the trade post and he looks at the five of you and says alright come on let's go hello you guys head back into the living space of the trade post. And the trade post, while 
being a very simple trading post for what would be, um, you know, in such, I mean, this is a very small city. You know, before the attack, there was maybe 50 people, and now they're sitting at about 38. So it's, it's a very small village, all things considered. But when you step into the living space of the trade post, it becomes obvious that Mr. Darthag was not just a trade post owner, but at some point in his life, he was also an adventurer, as there are books and maps and items all over his living space. And when I say items, a really nice set of studded leather, a really nice shield, some amulets and rings, and what looks like would be a adventurer's equipment. Maybe a new uh, 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 rapier, because <laughs> mine is still freaking damaged. Yep. Don't worry, we'll get to the good stuff, don't you worry. But first, we have some exposition. Morak pulls a map down onto the table. This map is of the Sword Coast and the Savage Frontier. This map runs from essentially the Corin Archipelago in the far south, was it southwest, to Daggerford, all the way over to the Grey Cloak Hills and the Lonely Moor. It also goes all the way to the north past the spine of the world and the kingdom of many arrows showing the beginning of the endless ice sea. Morax slams a dagger into Nightstone, which is to the very south of the map. And he looks to you all and says, All right, before I tell you where you need to go, there's a little bit of information that you all need to have. And he walks towards the, you know, the trade post, closes the door, locks it, you know, make sure no one's looking in the windows, all of that stuff. And he just, he, and he says, the Harpers have been following some information that uh, is a little concerning. For some reason, it appears that giants lately have been particularly restless. In fact, it's been so restless the last time we've seen the Giants have this much activity is during the Giants and Dragons War that took place several thousand years ago. And he, like, pulls out this really old, dusty tome. In fact, looking at it, it's a, it's a storybook. Something you read to children to help them go to bed. And he's, like, flipping through it, but it's, it's like a very old copy of a children's book that you could literally buy in the Trade Post Tavern. But you know how over the years, like, words slightly change in books, just enough to where the the initial meaning is still there compared to the, epi- you know, the, the edition before, but maybe three or four editions, it's changed enough that it makes the story a little different. Bet yeah. you that Cloud Castle's in there. And he starts talking about, like, different types of actual giants. Not just giants as a basic name for all creatures bigger but now you know there's you know the the Jotun giants the the fire giants the stone giants there's there's like names for these giants that this character 
actually comes in contact with. Interesting. And he says, so not only are these giants getting restless with us, what they consider to be the small folk, the giants are no longer getting along either. And we don't know why. This town was attacked by a cloud citadel, which is owned by the cloud giants. We don't know why they came down this far south, but they did. And they attacked Nightstone. And they took the obsidian boulder that resided inside the courtyard of the main keep area. I don't know why they wanted it. It was just, it was a black rock. But apparently someone at some point thought it was magical. Now, quests I have for you. Because we need to get the word out that the giants have attacked and have moved very far south. And he slams another dagger down. Like, right into the map. And he says, this is Tribor. This one is of a more personal note. But this is something that needs to be done. Darthag Olga was a very good friend of mine. And he has an ex-wife and children in Tribor that should know that their father has died. If you could at least just stop there and speak to his ex-wife. She runs a trade post similar to this one. In fact, I think it has the same name. Lion cast a trading post. Her and her children should know that he has died. And he does have a sum of money that should go to them. Will you do this for me as a personal note? Yes. Absolutely. I would agree. As a thank you, I will allow you to take one, each of you will take one of Darthag's pieces of equipment. Metagame wise, you guys can pick one uncommon magical item. That's the green one, right? Green one. Her name is Alestra. A-L-A-E-S-T-R-A. And I believe she still goes by the same last name, Olgar. And what town was she in again? T-R-I-B-O-A-R. It is in... in three boars. Yep, three boars. (laughs) It is in the Deserin Valley, which is north of water. I mean, when I say north of Waterdeep, it's about 25 days of walking. Okay, it's a long way. Horses. It'll it'll take about it'll take you guys about 28 days to get to Tribor. Even if horses. On horses, it would cut it down to 21. He then slams a dagger into the map, all the way to the north up in the spine of the world and he says this one is a matter that needs to go to the hoppers this town of Bryn Shander is the farthest north city that we have in the area of the savage frontier Bryn Shander is a place where and he kind of stops and he goes oh I forgot to go over this part there is Another faction in play in the north that needs to be aware of what's going on. They are called the Lord's Alliance. The Lord's Alliance is a group of is a group of people, uh, uh, rulers and ladies and lords. Like Lady Nutter. He says uh, some of them, um, some more of the the 
bigger players of the Lord's Alliance would be Lord Dagot of, of Naremba of Neverwinter, uh, Lady Silverhand of Waterdeep, and Lord Hornblade of Silvery Moon. There's also a, a Dwarven Queen, Dagnebit. <laughs> is that really her name? Dagnabbit. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I never, I had never said the name out loud before. Like it never clicked. I've been looking at this freaking module for like three months. D D A G N A B B E T. Dagnabbit. <laughs> Dagnabbit. Wow, I've been looking at this module for months, and not once have I ever said that name out loud. Well, that's fun. Wow. Anyways, Bryn Shanders is one of those cities that has joined the Lord's Alliance. They need to be aware that cloud giants are now attacking the villages of the small folk. Bryn Shanders normally does business with cloud and ice giants. If the giants are now hostile, we need to get word to them immediately. Agreed. Unfortunately, I do not have a way to get word to them any faster than to send riders. And I figured if the five of you are looking to to at least become associated with the Harpers, if not work for them, that this might be a good first task because it is a dangerous road once you get past Mirabar. The roads in the spine of the world are quite treacherous, and to send a single rider would be, well, sending them to certain death. In addition, while you were up there, a friend of mine died in the attack of the, the, cloud, the cloud citadel that dropped boulders on us. Her name was Samile Southwell. She has a brother up there. His name is Markham. She's told me that Markham is the sheriff of Bryn Shanders. And if anyone can point you in a further direction, it's going to be him. Or you may find an, a few more contacts in the hoppers up there that might be able to help you. And you said he's the sheriff of, in Bryn Shander? Of, of Bryn Shander, yes. He is the sheriff. Bryn. And what was her name? Uh, the, the one who died? No, so yes. Smile, S E M I L E, and last name is Southwell. How do we find Harper contacts? He hands Calti the ring that says D Olgar on it. They'll see you. They'll see you. Calti puts the ring on his finger. Anzi smiles. I knew we would find where it belonged. Calti will target one of his earrings and grin. Now, these travels are going to be dangerous, especially once you leave Tribor and head and head for Bryn Shanders. Make sure you are on your guard. Not only are the giants moving, but it appears from the stories that have been told by Torum and Kellen, as well as what you have told us, that the Zen, the Zentarum are on the move as well. Be careful. The Zentarum are a dangerous group of people who will have you convinced 
that they are working for a good and noble purpose. They will stab you in the back at first chance. Do not trust them. Yeah, yeah Pan- Pansy's just gonna look at her feet and go, we kind of figured that out. Yeah, Emma's just gonna kind of give Pansy a look of sympathy. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a particular agent of the Zentarum that we have been trying to find and trying to kill. We don't know his name, but we only know he goes by the name of the Snake. He seems to be a prominent figure in the Zentarum, and he's causing a lot of problems north of Waterdeep. The last place that we have seen him is he was traveling north into Neverwinter. Though if that was his destination, we do not know. August going to make a fist and try to, like, hide his anger after hearing the guy's name. Hmm. So, please, be on the lookout. If you see him, the Harpers have a bounty of 7,500 gold pieces on his head for the agent who kills him. Ark says, uh, I have an arrow with his name on And we can always use the gold. He is, he is very cunning and very powerful. Do any of you have any questions for me? What would your advice be for bringing down this foe? I have never met him. I have only heard rumors of his powers, and I do not know who is in his entourage. Okay. My... My only advice to you as someone who is not normally a, a, a warrior is you are going to want the jump on him. And if you can't have the jump on him, you're going to want to hit him really hard. Well, Kalti <laughs> looks over at his party and says, well, that we can take care of. Um, another piece of advice I would ask you. We should remain quiet about our elite, our newfound allegiance, correct? I have always found it most wise to remain quiet about my affiliation with the Harpers. However, there is no written rule stating you have to be quiet about working with the Harpers. Uh, some people are quite proud of the fact that they're a Harper, and in some places you are welcome as friends and even taken care of to an extent. Some lords and ladies are happy to have an a harper in their court because they know it means good tidings. Will the ring be known to many on our trip? Or only to the select few who are members? Every cell of harpers operates a little differently. Uh, Some of them have it on rings, others on amulets, some have tattoos, some of them have very ornate handshakes, Harpers have, for the most part, operated fairly uh, independently. However, those that initiate others are usually of a person of contacts and importance. And he looks at you and, you know, all of you and says, Darthag initiated me into the Harpers and he was my point of contact which is why I do not have names for you. If he was the one that was still alive, 
and I would be the one that would perish, is he could point you in the right direction and give you names and places of where you could find people. Unfortunately, I cannot. Alti will give him a look of mourning and say, I, I do apologize for your loss. And I thank you for the information you have given us. It is plenty to start. I must ask you one more question. Have you heard of a bard named Kayla? And he thinks for a moment and he goes, well, truth be told, little goblin, I am. I am a tavern keeper and I see many bards come and go. Unfortunately, I have never run across another another goblin playing in my tavern before. She wouldn't be a goblin. She would be a half-elf. Well, a half-elf and human look, you know, very similar, depending on if they have their hair up or hair down. That's right, she is, she is half-elf, not human. That's my bad. I screwed up the... I had to improvise the freaking flashback because I lost the file oh, and I it. got the race wrong. Did I did I mess that up? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She could be human. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> nope, nope. It's all gonna be rewritten now. Nope. I think we're gonna change is nothing. It's all right. I'm gonna let everyone know that 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 flashback I had to improvise because I lost the freaking file. And uh, that was an amazing improvisation. Though. Apparently, I got the race wrong. <sighs> Some bitch. We'll sorry, let Kelsey. It slide. We'll let it slide. We're just going to pretend I said half-elf in that vision. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. It and, really uh, does not matter. Uh, Morak is going to say, you, you know, you know, there was one. There was one bard that came through. Oh, gosh, it must have been. Oh, it was years ago. It was before. It was before. Uh, Dolthag initiated me into the Harpers. And I remember that, that, uh, I remember that he, he had a particular fondness for this, this half-elf that came in and played, uh, I think it was a lute that she played, actually. And I, I don't, I don't remember anything else about her or where she was headed. That, that's good enough for me for now. Um, I have a particular interest in that bard. If she comes around again, let her know a goblin was asking for her. She does not need my name to know who I am. All right, very well. I can. It's the least I could do for you after what you've done for this this little town. And also, as the last thing I have for you is, Lady Daphne has requested that you join her tomorrow afternoon in the square of Nightstone as she has a gift to give you as a token of appreciation. Now, that's all that I have for you this evening. So why don't you guys go back to the tavern and get some rest, and tomorrow uh, you can start preparing for your journey. And basically, um, we're going to hand wave the shopping. You guys are going to get some gifts from, from... Darthag stash, so we're gonna hand wave the shopping, hand wave the repairs, your weapon, all that stuff, because we're starting to run a little late. So you guys are able to drop off your equipment that night, you wake up the next morning, you retrieve your equipment, 
You start probably getting some gear for your adventure that you know you're about to go on. You get to the square where Lady Daphne and most of the town has gathered. And while she still looks miserably sad, she has put herself together and now appears to have been made de facto leader of Nightstone. Our heroes, she says, mentioning you, or motioning to you five. You have defended a town that you did not call home and saved people that you did not yet call friends. And for that, Nightstone is forever grateful for you, your kind, kindness, and your friendship. A gift for all of you. And it looks like the townsfolk have, like, pooled what they can together and have come up with 1,200 gold pieces for all of you. Oh, wow. Like, for, for the party. So, like, 200 per person. Or, what is that, 300 per person. Oh. Whatever it is. And I, as the new lady of Nightstone, would like to bestow the title of Heroes and Friends of Nightstone. You are of Nightstone. Huh? What'd you say? Kathy beams. He's beaming. <laughs> you are always welcome in our home. Because, because of your actions, and as she's speaking, the city of Nightstone grows dark. Oh, no. And everyone looks up to where this once beautiful blue sky and the bright sun is now blocked by a cloud. Oh, no. Does it have a castle on it? And you see what appears to be a smaller cloud, like actually like an arm of this cloud. It almost looks like this cloud is reaching down towards Nightstone as if it was a giant hand. Oh, no. Oh, no. This poor town. And we'll see you next week. Oh, no. We're all going to die. <laughs> Thank you.